0: The following is a paid program. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. All views or opinions expressed are solely the responsibility of the sponsored. The host and guests do not reflect that of this station, ownership, management, or staff. This station does not endorse or support any claims made. The content of this program is provided for educational and informational purposes. It is strictly up to the listener to accept or reject what is presented. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to Ask the Pro, a paid commercial program. The opinions expressed are those of the participating clients and not necessarily those of the management and staff of WLVL. Ask the Pro is an informational-based program designed to advertise the product and or service of the client and to introduce them to the WLVL listening audience. Your questions and comments are welcome throughout the show. Just call 716-433-1433. All right,
1: good morning, everybody. Today is friday august 11th and i am joined in studio by the one and only dr ken kerbs from kerbs chiropractic and family family chiropractic and wellness he's located at 741 davison road right here in lockport good morning dr kerbs good morning eric how are you today i am well thank you it's such a beautiful day outside you can't help but be happy on a day like today It's, it's absolutely fabulous yes yes i missed two weeks ago
2: um because of Which was the the reason I wasn't here was that it was the last day of the National Open Gardens um, that my that I. participate, my gardens participate in that, which was every Friday in July. Um, the only difference was that this weekend, the Buffalo Arts Council um, had got a special grant to assign artists to different gardens, so they had uh, sent an artist. Um, her name was Ruby Merritt, a wonderful lady um, from North Tonawanda, and um, she spent the four hours in my garden doing her paintings and doing her artwork and really interacted with the different guests that came to see the gardens it was a wonderful experience but unfortunately i had to miss coming here because of that so oh, i bet but that it was fantastic it though. was it was it was the best i had no idea what was going to happen because i had never met her before i had no idea she literally showed up you know at 10 o'clock in the morning and um, spent the day with me and it turned out to be an absolutely fabulous uh, interaction
1: so it was good Nice. So, so is she a fast painter? How many paintings did well, she Well, no, she time? was, she was,
2: she was doing, you know, because again, she was relating it to garden art. So she was actually picking leaves from my gardens. Okay. And okay. then painting the leaves and then like doing presses on paper and making entire collages, um, of the, of the different leaf patterns and stuff like that. It was, it was really pretty amazing what she did, oh, you know, so, so with such simple things, you know, she was, te- you know, People that came into the garden and stuff like that, you know, some of them would participate, and she'd show them what to do and how to do it, and and they'd make their own little print
1: or whatever. So it was good.
2: It was really Oh good. yeah, I
1: bet your visitors all had a. It was great it time. was
2: really cool because I never didn't know what to expect, and it turned out to be uh, pretty pretty wonderful.
1: That's neat stuff. And of course, if people out there don't know it, uh, Dr. Ken has a substantial uh, garden at his home. That's it's, an understatement. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a. <laughs> it's a good no yeah. question about that and of course wait around until next year you go see it yeah actually the, uh, actually um it's going to be coming up on um one of the um jay hugh is
2: a, a person who participates a lot in the buffalo garden walks and things like that and he actually videotaped the garden so it's going to be um posted on youtube sometime soon it hasn't been it hasn't been posted yet but um it's interesting but when you go on there it's a uh, it's it's under j jinga H U Hugh, H-U, and um you know if you look him up um you'll see he he features a lot of gardens through western new york and stuff like that but i know he he videotape mine and he let me know that it was done but he has not put it up yet so so sometimes people like for me it's great for me cuz i go and i can see other people's gardens on youtube that i never get a chance to go see because i don't have enough time i'm always right. kind of you know Buried in my own, <laughs> sure, well it's nice to get uh, ideas too yeah right? yeah. yeah like, it's, always, it's, it's it's interesting to see what other people do, you know sure. and they i mean it, it's such an individualistic thing you know it's like i said i don 't know how my gardens compare to anybody else's it's just
1: it's just my hobby, and it's what I do, yeah, know? and the sky's the limit as far as imagination goes, Yeah as, it is as far as you do, it. and some help. people
2: get really really creative.
1: Yeah, it just depends on how much time you have right, and they're willing right. to put in. Well, it's interesting.
2: It. Sometimes I'm really jealous because some of these gardens are like super, super small. You know, you get into the city of Buffalo and you've got tiny, I mean, they would, those gardens, that entire property would fit in the front courtyard of my house, you know, and I've got just under two acres. So, right. you know, when I look at that, I mean, it's just so, so consuming the amount of time that I have to spend doing that. Yeah, but look at the rewards. I know, it's, it's great. So it's so right? It's but like... I mix it all in with the rest of it. You know, right. I mix it all in with the rest right. of Right. So. And,
1: and, and it's, it's, when you have a garden like that, it's good for you physically, um, spiritually, because you're, you're one with the earth, you know, and the colors Absolutely. and the things, you know, it's, so it's physical, spiritual. You know emotional. what? We've gotten
2: so disconnected with our environment that it's just truly amazing where people have gone. You know, when people start getting back to that, mm-hmm. you know, I was raised out in the town of Royalton, you know, on a farm, a small farm, and so I was always very connected. And that's something that, um, I just never wanted to lose sight of. And it's, it, you know, since living where I am now, which has been over 30 years, um, you know, I'm very connected to it.
1: Yes, I always like to be part, yeah, be one with
2: the earth. Like you know? I get, say, I don't mind get, getting my hands dirty. Get your hands dirty. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. Go out there, get your hands
1: dirty. Go, go barefoot in the, yeah, in the grass. Absolutely. You best know, thing you can do. Yeah, the grounding,
2: you know, to, 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 to absorb the, the, the uh, negative electrons from, from the earth. Right. It's grounding. I mean, the best thing you can do is put your feet, bare feet on, on the ground
1: that's right there's you there's know? medical evidence of absolutely. that i believe i've I read a study on that one time where yeah absolutely know, going out there and i don't know how it works but it's it's good for your body as well as your uh, soul right it's good stuff so yes. dr ken again is for those of you who are just joining us dr ken kerbs from a uh, kerbs family chiropractic and wellness is located at 741 davison road and he is always available to give consultations if to see if his services are going to suit your needs and his office number is 4340671 again that's 4340671 but for our purposes for today if you would like to talk to Dr. Ken about anything because <laughs> the floor is generally wide open 4331433 get your spot in we'll be happy to talk to you so Dr. Ken and I were talking off off Mike earlier about uh, some of the things related to the the vid, as it were. <laughs> and uh, we there was an interview uh, on the, that we saw about the uh, Pfizer people that uh, w- was rather interesting. And then there was another article about Dr. Fauci that was very interesting as well. So I don't know if that's if that's the direction you want to go today. Or... Yeah,
2: it's interesting because you know you. you... You shared a, a particular video with me, which was a, a hearing. It actually was taking place in Australia, um, but it was a hearing with Pfizer executives um, and questioning and challenging them on the um, incidents and the – what they were looking for was how – they know that one of the side effects, one of the significant side effects of the uh, vaccine was pericarditis or myocarditis, was an inflammation of the heart. And what they wanted to know was Pfizer's, um, mechanism for why the vaccine was actually causing that. Um, and they just kept literally just brushing them off and brushing them off. Um, and it was really kind of sad to see that happen, but that's the tactics that they use and they just avoided it and diverted it and did everything else. Yeah. Um, they know that it exists. I mean, and it's not just a, a one in a million, you know, side effect. Um, that's all they could keep restating was that how, how effective, the, safe and effective this vaccine is. But yet, I mean, there have been many people's lives destroyed, um, as a result of,
1: um, as a result of the vaccine and the side effects of that. Yeah, it, it was really interesting because the direct question was, what is in this vaccine that causes the... Right. The, what they were asking thing?
2: is, what is the mechanism? Right. What is the mechanism that creates the the actual inflammatory process going on there? And then what's interesting is, is that the people that were presenting this, I don't interview, interrogation or whatever, because the Pfizer execs were absolutely, uh, totally evasive. They did not answer a single question they kept answering giving answers that were unrelated to what the what the actual um, i don 't know the politician or the senator or whatever was that was asking the question but then afterwards they brought in um, I believe is dr. Campbell who's a medical doctor out of England who um, who has been following the entire situation and is very up on the whole thing and then he went into an explanation of how it actually occurred um, Yet the Pfizer execs, you know, if this, if this doctor has hold of that information and knows it, those guys certainly know it. Um And it's really so incredibly evasive, you know, the entire, you know, you, when you get into the whole vaccine world, it really, it really opens up another situation, you know, and what people don't realize is, you know, back 50 years ago, okay. 50 more than, yeah, 50 plus years ago, you know. A person was considered fully vaccinated with about three or four vaccines, okay? In 1986, um, the schedule for childhood vaccines, and that's from zero to 18 years old, was at 14 vaccines, okay? In 1986, there was a wonderful law passed. Um, President Reagan signed it into law um, because the vaccine manufacturers were getting sued too many times, For all the side effects that were occurring as a result of vaccines. So they started balking a lot and as a result of that, and again, when you, when you are the major lobbying force and the major contributing factor to many political campaigns, you have to pay back favors. And as a result of that, there was a law passed that protected and removed all liability from vaccine manufacturers and doctors who administered the vaccine if a child or any person was injured, damaged, or died as a direct result of the vaccination. Well, since that liability was lifted, it just opened the floodgates for the vaccine manufacturers. And currently, from 1986 to today, we've gone from 14 vaccines, which were considered a person fully vaccinated, um, to age 18, to now 72 vaccines. That are recommended and required. And it's just astronomical to sit there and say, how could a person fifty years ago be perfectly fine? Did we have all the horrible problems that they said we were going to have? No. I mean we just we did that. You know, and again people will argue about the polio and people will argue about all this thing. But you know, measles, chicken pox and stuff became what what I would call the rite of passage. Of a childhood, you know, and again, that's part of developing their immune system, is to contract and and have their nervous system and immune system deal, deal with that. To now they pro- prompt it as this deadly disease, you know, that if your child isn't vaccinated for chickenpox and measles, um, that they're going to die, and that's just not true. Now, obviously, there are people that will have reactions to the disease there are people that are immunologically or neurologically compromised that are going to have that but that's extremely rare you know i mean back in my childhood you know if a kid got chickenpox, you know they knew it was coming it was starting to spread and many parents would have chicken pox parties expose all the kids to the chicken pox get it over with you that's know right. it it's once. a week of discomfort but get it over with You know, it's a fever, rash, blisters, and then it's done. Mm -hmm. And now it's treated as, you know... And the reason the chickenpox vaccine came in about 30 years ago wasn't be- because it was a deadly disease but because our society had changed so much that we went from a single income household to a dual income household you know that all of a sudden mothers had- were forced to go to work instead of staying home and taking care of their children and if your child gets sick with chickenpox and you got to stay home for a week that's a lot of income lost you know so that was their justification and reasoning you know for those type of things wrong reason but you know yeah. and we've seen now that although there isn't a lot of incidence of chickenpox anymore what we have is the exact same virus erupting later on in the result of shingles you know and you didn't hear shingles too much back 50 years ago or that 30 was years right. ago
1: next nice question
2: you know it was all, you didn't hear much but you only heard about that in the elderly people you know and that and the reason that that's that that's the case is because the elderly people weren't exposed to children on a regular basis and their immunity waned. And as a result of that, you know, if they were in a stress situation, you know, the, the virus would come, which was dormant in their system, was already in their system. Right. And it would come to surface and, and develop as as a result, or express itself as shingles. Not a, fun, not a fun condition to have. No. Not fun at all. Very painful. But now what you're seeing is, I mean, my daughter had shingles when she was like 24 years old. You know, and it was like it was crazy, you know, and it was, and you don't see that in the elderly anymore. You're seeing it in people of all ages because, again, those viruses were suppressed for too long. You know what? I always, I've said this a million times God was no dummy when He created us, okay? You know, the thing is, we have an immune system, we've adapted over millions and millions of years to become who we are and to survive. Um, Darwin's theory of survival of the fittest. It's like, you know what? If you're tough enough to survive, you can. We looked at this through the entire COVID issue. Okay. Who died in COVID? Okay. The average age was 82 years old, 75% of which had four or more comorbidities. These were, these were incredibly weak, sick people. All right. I had a, I have a patient of mine who is a traveling physician's assistant. And she volunteered to take an assignment in Manhattan in the height of the pandemic. And I said to her, so how was it? She goes, it was horrible. She goes, it was absolutely horrible. She goes, I worked in the ICU, which is where the worst of the worst was. I says, how did it go? She goes, every single patient that we saw there, everyone without exception died. They all died. Okay. No one survived. And. Virtually all of them were put on ventilators, which we know now was the biggest mistake. They were killing them with ventilators. And the reason they were putting them on ventilators was not to save the person. The reason they were putting them on ventilators was to protect the employees so they wouldn't be coughing out the virus over and over again. OK, because when you put them on a vent, you know, you're containing all that. And she said every one of them died. She, I said, so what, what do you think? She goes, the only thing I could see that was related With any of them was they were all morbidly obese. Every one of them. Without exception. You know? And we know that now that obesity was a huge factor. Because again, with obesity comes, you know, type 2 diabetes comes, hypertension comes, all these other comorbidities. You know? And again, when you throw age on top of that, you know, you're putting people at a very high risk. And we saw that. You know, it was, you know, when you look at it from a worldwide perspective, when you, because I followed it all the way through, you know, I would look at the, the the CDC stats, you know, on death rates and stuff like that. They were never out of control. I mean, they just, they just didn't play out like they were, like the media was screaming and yelling about. Look at what happened in our own town here in Lockport. I'll never forget it. March of, you know, March of 2020, it hit. You know, everybody went crazy by like mid-April. Lockport Hospital laid off 60 people because they because their doors were basically closed. There was nobody there. Well, if we were all dying of an epidemic, you would think the hospitals would have been busting at the seams and people would have been dropping over at the streets, on the streets. And you know what? That just didn't happen. You know, it just didn't happen. And right. it never happened throughout the entire course of it. Right. What is Lockport special? Do we live in a bubble here? That we weren't exposed to that? Okay. Heck no. You know, the people that died were incredibly compromised. Okay. Did people get sick? Absolutely. Okay. Did some people get really sick? Yes, they did. Yes. There's no denying that there was an issue there. Okay. You know, I'm not in any way denying that. But was were the stats overinflated? Were they, you know, were they, you know, was there a lot of hyperbole associated with it? Uh, without a doubt there's no doubt in my mind that it wasn't, you know, and it's incredibly frustrating to see that. And now we're backpedaling and we're making all kinds of excuses and we're doing, but we're still pushing the issue of, you know, it's safe and effective. It's, you know, whatever. And what's happening now this week, I'm hearing already, we're starting to up the testing. We're starting to to increase the fear factor because what's happening in another month, school starts. In another two months, Quote, the flu season begins and they're going to start ramping it up. You're going to start seeing all kinds of advertising on TV about getting your flu and your COVID vaccine. They're going to have COVID as a as a yearly thing every year for as forever, just like they do the flu and pneumonia vaccine now. OK, if these things were so effective, why in the world did you need to take them every year? OK, because the whole purpose, you know, you, you take a series of measles shots when you're a kid and that's it. You're not taking measles shots every year. You're not taking chickenpox shots every year. You're not taking all these things every. You're not taking meningitis shots every year. But didn't polio you- shots every year? Why in the world are you taking flu, you know, and you're taking you're taking viral infections and you're and you're you know highly suggesting that people take them on an on
1: an ongoing regular basis. Well, didn't you say one time over a, a twenty-year study that the uh, yeah. efficacy of a flu yes. shot is about fourteen percent? Fourteen percent over
2: twenty years. Yeah. The highest, the highest effective rate, and I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. But the highest effective rate in any one year was twenty-two percent. Well, you know what? I'm not playing the odds. If it's eighty percent against and twenty percent for, I'm not playing those odds. Okay, but again, they don't spin it that way because the, those odds never come out until after the fact.
1: Right. Well, is there is there any adverse effects to a flu shot? There's all
2: kinds of adverse effects.
1: Absolutely. Okay. When you're injecting foreign material into your body,
2: your body is going to create an immune response, and you're absolutely have the issue of side effects. There's no way about it. No way. Go look at the the VAERS studies, the the vaccine adverse events, you know, recording system. Okay, and look at. Go look at that for COVID reactions. Thousands and thousands and thousands of them. Okay, and you can deny these things. Listen, when you've got a professional athlete who drops over in the middle of a game at the height of his career and the height of his health at 24 years old and they say, oh, he had a heart attack. Believe me, there was some other reason for it. And then all of a sudden when he was challenged and asked what happened, he goes, I can't talk about it.
1: You know, that's right. I saw that. I
2: can't talk about it. I I mean, it was. And the thing is, you talk about reading body language. When that question was asked and saw the reaction, I'm going like, oh, wait a minute. Someone got to
1: him. Yeah, absolutely, they did. They Someone didn't. got to him. No question about that. Yeah, you just
2: look at his eyes, man, and just, just yep. see what happened. And it's like, you're not going to tell me otherwise. You can you can play your game whatever way you want, but it's not. It becomes too obvious. I've been in this game way too long.
1: Okay, right. Well, it looks like somebody tried to call for a moment, and then they gave up before okay. we got to it. So callers are... Uh, 433 1433. Don't be afraid to call. Join the conversation. Yeah. Tell us uh, your experience. Tell us what you think. Ask questions. Questions are always good because Dr. Ken is good at answering them. And of course, uh, we are talking to Dr. Ken Kerbs from Kerbs Family Chiropractic and Wellness. And he is available for uh, consultations as well at his office at 434 0671. 434 0671, located at 741 Davison Road here in Lockport. But for our purposes right now, Four three three one four three three. We'll get you through to the Doctor Ken line. Absolutely, here I'm here for you. Um, so now let's go
2: back to some things about the safety, safetyness, and effectiveness of it. Okay, so anytime a drug come, now we're not talking about vaccines now. We're talking about drugs. Okay, okay. There has to be um, double blind studies done, placebo based studies. So that means if you got a red pill and you're testing it, you give A group, the real red pill, and you give the other group a quote, they call it the sugar pill, which means it has nothing in it. It looks like it, but that's it. There's no active ingredients. There's no nothing. And then you can logically test the effectiveness of how well that plays out. It's very different in the vaccine world, okay, because what people don't realize is that when you're injecting a, a virus or a vaccine into a person, OK, there are many, many, many other ingredients um, included into that vaccine. There's antibiotics. There's things like thimerosal, which is mercury. Now, that's been taken out of a lot of vaccines, but there are still flu vaccines that contain thimerosal. There is formaldehyde. There is all kinds of ingredients which are put in there to, quote, um, to kind of control the virus, OK, to kind of dampen it, lessen it and so forth. Now, when they do vaccine trials, instead of injecting the group with the vaccine that's supposed to be what they're using and then injecting the control group with just nothing, with something inert like just saline solution, okay, they don't do that. They inject it with all the adjuncts in it, with all those other chemicals in it. And that the only thing they remove is the virus, but all the other stuff is in there. So what happens so many times is people are reacting to all the adjuvants that are added to these vaccines. So all of a sudden they say, "Look at placebos. You know, the, the the placebos no different than the than the uh, vaccine. So therefore, it's good and it's safe and effective." Okay. So now we know that. Now I'm going to go. I'm going to read an article. It'll take just a few minutes here, but this is um, this is an article that came from the Defender, which is a part of the Children's Health Defense um, News and Views. Okay, this was dated uh, July 5th of this year, and the title is "Dr. Paul Offit lets us know the experts have officially lost their minds." Okay, this is this the author of this article is Madhava Setti, who is a medical doctor. OK, and and he this is his writing. I'm just reading it. OK, he goes, I don't have a big presence on Twitter. I don't find the platform suitable for exploring and critiquing interesting ideas. You can say only so much in 280 characters. It's great for inciting someone or dropping a witty comeback or link without much context. At least that's what I thought. Then I stumbled upon a tweet from Dr. Paul Offit. He's taught me that you can convey a lot in a few short sentences. Now, the question is, who is Paul, Dr. Paul Offit? Offit is a big name in vaccines. Beyond what is listed below, he also sat on the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices for the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and is presently a member of the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee for the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. He's had a say in the approval and authorization of many biologics, including the COVID-19 mRNA products. Briefly, off it is Director of the Vaccine Education Center and Professor of Pediatrics in the Division of Infectious Disease at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He is a Maurice R. Hillerman Professor of Vaccinology at the Perelman. Perelman. School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania, an internationally recognized expert in the field of virology and immunology, a founding advisory board member of the Autism Science Foundation and the Foundation for Vaccine Research a member of the Institute of Medicine and co-author of the foremost vaccine text, quote, vaccines, the author or co-author of more than 150 papers in medical and scientific journals in the areas of rotavirus-specific immune responses and vaccine safety. The co-inventor of the rotavirus vaccine, Rotatech, recommended for universal use in infants by the CDC. A recipient of the Charles Meru Award for the National Foundation of Infectious Disease. Go back to the one before that. He's a patent holder. Think might give me a conflict of interest since the CDC recommends his, his vaccine for every child? Isn't that something? His accomplishments go on. I don't pretend to know more about vaccines than he does. I'm just an anesthesiologist and engineer. He must be a very smart person, which is why this tweet is so baffling. And here's the tweet that he... He posted the purpose of placebos, which are immunologically inert, is to determine the effect of the vaccine. All vaccine trials meet that standard. He goes at Aaron Siri SG believes that only water or salt water are placebos because they have no effect on bio, on living beings. That's absurd. Drink enough water and you can cause a seizure. Salt can also be toxic. Okay. Now, interesting that he brings that up. You know, yeah, you're talking about a millimeter. That's not going to have an effect. Okay. Um, And that was dated on uh, 626 of 23. Why is Offit tweeting about placebos and saltwater right now? It has to do with a truth bomb Robert F. Kennedy Jr. dropped at a town hall event last week. According to Kennedy, chairman on leave from Children's Health Defense, he and attorney Aaron Seary sued the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services after Health and Human Services refused to meet with demands to produce at least one study comparing the safety of a vaccine on the child immunization schedule with a true placebo. In a written response received more than a year later... The HHS did not cite a single such study instead claiming, quote, inert placebo controls are not required to understand the safety profile of a new vaccine and are thus not required. This stupefying claim made made by Melinda Wharton, MD, MPH, acting director of the National Vaccine Program Office, should be attacked on podcasts and publications everywhere. How do you know what a new vaccine is safe? Safe If it isn't tested against an inert placebo, Dr. Wharton, if you are someone who is willing to abandon basic logic and trust every single word spewed by our public health agencies, ask yourself, why then does the FDA demand that medicines be tested against a placebo to ensure the safety prior to licensure? Twitter lit up around the, around the pivotal topic. The tweet from one of the foremost vaccine experts in the world that's off was in response to Siri who, according to Offit, asserted that virtually all vaccines on the childhood vaccine schedule, including Rotatech, Offit's brainchild, were not licensed by the FDA based on a placebo-controlled clinical trial. Let's break down Offit's attack on Siri. Offit states, the purpose of placebos, which are immunologically inert, is to determine the effects of the vaccine. Yes, Dr. Offit, one purpose of a placebo is to determine the effect of the vaccine in order to prove that it works. It must do better than immunologically inert substances. In other words, it must exceed the so-called placebo effect. But that's not the only purpose placebos serve. With regard to safety, a new vaccine has to be compared to something that has the least possible chance of causing deleterious effects. To be clear, those who eschew a vaccine do not get in line for a shot of an immunologically inert substance. They stay away from the vaccine clinic altogether and take their chances. This is why the placebo must be a true placebo. The best we can possibly do is use saline, a saltwater solution that reasonably matches the sodium concentration in our plasma. It is what is used to dilute medications and replenish blood volume. It's what you use to store your contact lenses. Often then adds, Aaron Seary believes that only water or salt water are placebos because they have no effect on living beings. That's absurd. Drinking enough water, you can hit, cause a seizure. Salt can also be toxic. Often is saying that by drinking a large amount of water, the plasmum sodium concentration in a person can abruptly decrease, which in fact can lower the seizure threshold. He's not wrong. It does happen in pathological conditions, especially in the critically ill. Can salt be toxic? Yes. Ingestions of a large amount of salt will will stimulate properly functioning kidneys to increase the absorption of free water, thus mitigating the effect of the salt load. This can cause volume overload and put a person at risk for heart failure and pulmonary edema. So what? If not two-tenths of one millimeter of saline, should should we use for a placebo, Dr. Offit? A tiny aliquot of adjuvants that can include elements like aluminum, pro-inflammatory lipid nonparticles, viral or toxin deactivators like formaldehyde, preservatives like dimerosol that contain mercury, one of the most potent neurotoxins known. Yes, mercury in this, is in this form is still in some flu vaccines, according to the CDC. All of these substances are quote, immunologically inert, but why would you consider using them as a placebo control if not to mask the potential harm of the vaccine in question? Is that how inventors of vaccines for our children view placebos? Is that how advisory committees, members of the FDA view them? What about the other advisory board members of the Autism Science Foundation? Why would anyone trust any vaccine on the child immunization schedule after such comments? You don't have to be Maurice Hillman Chair of Vaccinology at the Perlman School of Medicine to see that your comments here are misleading, disingenuous, and purposefully inciting. Moreover, they don't make any sense. What would other recipients of your long list of awards have to say about your comments on placebos? I don't think they would approve, sir. Your public statements also sully the excellent reputation of the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and those who were lucky to train like me. Okay. Mic drop.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we got a caller. Yes. Let's <laughs> uh, go to that. Good morning, caller. You are on the air with Dr. Ken Curves. What is your uh, comment or question, please? Uh,
3: good morning. Good morning, morning, doctor. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, and last month, this July of 2023, on the front page of the Buffalo News, federal officials hatched three prog- pronged defense against triple demic. To prevent a repeat of last winter's tripademic of respiratory illnesses, Americans will be encouraged to roll up their sleeves not just for flu shots, but two other vaccines, one of them entirely new, two new uh, vaccines against respiratory disease for older Americans and young Americans. The three shots, flu, COVID, and RSV, may help to reduce hospitalizations and death. (laughs) Now, they claim in this article that they reformulated a new COVID that I haven't heard that. Yeah. have you heard anything about them reformulating no, a new I, I, COVID vaccine? I have not.
2: <laughs> well,
3: in fact, well, this morning on the news, I heard Hank Nevin say that, uh, there's what well, now, that COVID's going up again. There's 800 cases. Yeah yeah, cases. yeah, 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 yeah. But know, it's not. They're not talking about hospitalizations or death, it's just cases. Right.
2: And and this is the problem. You know, when you take respiratory illnesses, I mean, there's a lot of them. Are are um. COVID is a, is a respiratory virus, okay? And it affects different people differently. Why have we, see, what's happened is we have programmed our world to think that COVID is this most incredibly horrible thing ever out there, okay? Um, when you look at the stats of the past, quote, academic, a- epidemic that we've dealt with for the last three years, you know, the numbers didn't play out like they, you know, screamed about. But again, they have set, the, they've set the bar now. Okay. And what they're going to do, because again, these are incredibly profitable when you can instill fear in a population, you can get them to do whatever you want. You know, now some people have woken up, you know, but there's a lot of people who haven't. And it's unfortunate because, you know, I've been getting reports in my, just this past week, I had, you know, patients canceled because it says, well, we tested positive for COVID, you know, and it's like, well, are you okay? It's like, yeah, but we tested positive for COVID. And so what happens is they just shut it all down, you know? I purpose. I, I really think that if a person is is really sick, they should be tested, okay, to determine what is the underlying cause. But that's it. Should everybody be tested because they got near somebody or because they, you know, maybe don't feel good that day or they have some cold symptoms? I don't know. May I, I read that, a little
3: bit more of this? Yes. Article? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Each not, not of course, they they call, who is this a uh, doctor. Offer Levy, director of Precision Vaccine Program at Boston Children's Hospital yeah. and advisor to the Food and Drug Administration. Well, right there, he's yep. connected. Yeah, of course. He's got connected. He Each of these vaccines is a huge win, <laughs> yet it's unclear how many Americans will opt for the shot. Some 71% of adults age 65 and older got the flu shot this past winter, but only about 43% choose to get the COVID booster. I don't even think it's that high at forty-three percent. In other words, this is a win-win. I mean, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think, uh, I don't think that they reformulated COVID. The, it the results showed it, their COVID shots are not effective. It doesn't.
2: It doesn't matter whether they reformulated it or not. It doesn't matter. Okay. The problem is, it's just more of the same you know, because again, the way that we, the way that that article I just read, it's a total conflict because they are not testing against, you know, against a true placebo. They are taking the exact same thing with all the garbage that they put in them. And then that's all they're doing is removing the virus part of it. And then they're saying, well, there's no difference, but there is a huge difference. If you, if there was a difference between using the true thing and then only injecting 0.2 milliliters, which is the most insignificant amount, you know, of, um, of saline solution into you, which you're not, you know that's like dropping a that's like dropping a drop of water on you, um, you know there there obviously would be a difference, but that's not the standard. What's happens in the vaccine world, like it does in the regular drug world, so it's really. I,
3: I, th- I think a they problem. have the true figures, but they don't want them. say, you know, I don't think they give out the true fit. The flu may have led to as many as fifty-eight thousand deaths, may peaking in December. That's last December. COVID claimed roughly fifty thousand lives. Between November and March. How
2: are, what, are they determining they those,
3: that? That's you
2: know, what are they doing to determine what's flu, what's not? There's so many strains of flu. There's so much of that out there that who's determining this, you know, as far as are you flu or are you COVID? Well,
3: COVID is a flu. All right. It's just another variety of a flu. Okay, well, correct me if I'm if if I'm I'm wrong, but don't they leave it up to the pharmaceutical companies to judge their own vaccines, how effective they are? Of course they do. (laughs) (laughs) Of
2: course they do. When you're profiting billions of dollars, billions of dollars in profit, you know, it's it's like, you know, it's like let, you know, letting the fox, uh, you know, guard the hen house. You know, it's like, really? They're 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 just they're they're patrolling themselves. You know, and it's it's such it. I don't know. It's just incredible well, to me. It's so well, fascinating.
3: Since we're going back to school, that period of time, you're probably going to see in the see in the in the media a big push to everyone vaccinated. Oh, it's start.
2: already ramping up. You can already. It's already start. You're already starting to see it. You know what? School starts in about three weeks. Okay, and you're going to start seeing a push, 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 push. You're going to see the media jump on it. If there's any, listen, every year there's a spike in flus and colds. Every year. Because as soon as, you know, again, one of the things that came out in, during the, the pandemic was vitamin D levels within a person's body and how it affects the immune system. Well, what happens in the fall? You know what? Daylight hours start shortening. We start having less exposure. The temperatures start getting colder. We stay inside. We don't expose ourselves to ultraviolet light. And as a result it, of that, vitamin D levels drop, which makes people susceptible.
3: Okay. And most of these articles you you read about, never mention natural immunity. Never will they mention natural immunity. Okay. And they still don't know what this m, it, m, m N, R, I, how, you know, what this is how this is going to affect the body in the long run, especially yep. for children that yep. got. Decades to live. Right. And imagine keep, imagine
2: keep injecting. Well, see, they're trying to change that technology to a a lot of different vaccines, the mRNA, you know, because they can, you know, again, they can manipulate that, you know, so that, that becomes a problem. It, It creates a lot of fear for me as far as that goes. But you know what? Realize this. I have never sheltered my life in any, at any point in my life. I have exposed myself to everything. I have traveled all over. I have done everything and I've never put myself in a bubble. And I've been exposed time and time again. I mean, I work in healthcare. I'm exposed to people all the time, every day of my career, okay, for 40 years. And I have never gotten the flu, ever. All right. I haven't okay, even doctor, had as much of you. a cold in the last 30 years. So, yes, thank you. I always appreciate your comments.
1: All right. What a, what a good call, huh? Yeah. This guy's always on top of things. He's yeah. always on
0: top yeah, of things. Yeah, he's well read.
1: He, yeah, it's yeah. it's wonderful. Well, it's one thing that you mentioned that uh, went ding, ding, ding in my head was that the pharmaceutical companies, you know, ramping up, you know, getting ready for school, back to school and all the jazz. But if you watch any, doesn't matter what network it is, any national news network on television, they are all sponsored by Big Pharma.
2: Seventy percent of advertising dollars are from Big Pharma. Seventy percent. So you can't tell
1: me that they don't uh, have. They
2: totally control it. It's like, who are you kidding me? Who, who's the major contributors to every political campaign out there that's of any significance? It's the pharmaceutical industry. Right. Who are you kidding me? You know, that you're not you you don't have a conflict of interest? If I'm donating a million dollars to your political campaign and then I say, "Hey dude, you know you might want to kind of ignore that little point right there." Okay? Look what happened in New York State with Governor Cuomo and re- removing 3 years ago, 4 years ago, removing the um, religious exemption for childhood vaccines for anybody under the age of 18. OK, there was a deal made there. And believe me, that went from committee to signing in under two hours. They cram that through. Okay, because one of the politicians had a brother who had some real huge legal problems and all this stuff, and they just crammed it through. They played the game and they cut it out. Do you realize that only eight tenths of one percent of children in New York state claim a religious exemption for vaccines? Why would you go after eight tenths of one percent of the population? But it's interesting that occurred in June of 2019. What happened in the fall? The whole COVID thing started ramping up. What happened in January? It became evident. And in March, the the world shut down. All right. But isn't that interesting? Because now all of a sudden we've removed all of the religious exemption for anybody under the age of 18. Now, a person over the age of 18 can still claim it, but not a person under the age of 18. And as a result of that, you're forcing people against every belief they have to not get vaccinated. Or to get vaccinated. And if you don't, you deny them education. You deny them all kinds of access to things. You Real. know. Tell me that wasn't a game played out. That, that that wasn't a foresight of what was to come. Right. Well, if you connect the dots, it sure kind of looks that way, doesn't yeah, it? it? Yeah, it really does. It really does. And yeah, that's the so frustrating part of it.
1: But who am I to say? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes. Or who am I to say? Right. You know, people say, "Well, what do you know? You have you have no credibility or whatever." Like, no, no, no. I, I've been in this game for forty years. I may be in a different aspect of the game, but I've been in this healthcare game for forty years. Okay, and I think I have a pretty good logical
1: brain. Right. Okay. Well, folks, you still have a few minutes to call in if you if you would like four three three one four three three. Doctor Ken Kerbs is in studio with us, and if you're joining us late, Doctor Ken has a um, family chiropractic and wellness and is located at four, or 741 Davison Road, 741 Davison Road. And if you would like a consultation with him to see if his services are going to meet your needs, it's real easy. Just call 434-0671, 434-0671 to talk to Ken Curbs to get a consultation. But if you'd like to talk to him right now don't be afraid to call 433-1433 433-1433 and the good doctor will answer any question you got
2: you know when you see someone like Dr. Offit, Paul Offit, who is literally so entrenched in the system and he is such, he is he profits hugely by this listen if i'm the inventor of Rotatech vaccine and now the CDC recommends it for every newborn infant do you think you're going to make some money from that and now all of a sudden you become the expert i mean when i read his his credentials it's like you're going like wow that guy has really got it together you know he is really yeah he does (laughs) he really does and he knows exactly what he's doing and he profits hugely from it you got another one this if anybody hasn't ever heard of the the dr anthony fauci okay another one who is entrenched in the system who profits hugely by patented vaccines you know we don't have enough time for it but i'd love that one of these days we're going to talk about dr fauci's history with the aids epidemic back in the 80s and his unbelievable like a repeat a repeat performance here in 2020 and to 2023 of dr fauci from the 80s with the use of AZT and um, how he suppressed information and how he withheld um, the appropriate um, appropriate treatments from being held done which were incredibly effective for the more toxic um, horrible situations that killed killed over three hundred thousand gay men mm-hmm. you know and so many others, and literally for for from on then fifty years later we're still dealing with, quote, HIV. When you can see that there are pl- researchers out there that say HIV has nothing to do with AIDS. Okay. So it's kind of interesting that um, this data is coming
1: out now. You know. It, it is. And, you know, gay people have been around since people have been around. Yeah. Yeah. So where did this all of a sudden just pop, exactly. pop out of? Exactly. Uh, yes. And, you know, how
2: how Dr. Fauci stole other people's research, you know, who suppressed the research and then used it as his own back then, you know, it's interesting because a lot of that stuff came out right at the beginning of this pandemic. Um, a lot of that stuff came out and that was all suppressed. You know, that was all, you know, taken off YouTube, taken off all that stuff um, from the actual person who it occurred with. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's such a, it, you got, you see, people think that those people are out there to protect you and to save you they're not it is a pharmaceutical companies are for-profit businesses okay they're for-profit and you know what if we have to take a couple losses if we have to settle a couple million dollar or billion dollar lawsuits they can do that it's a part of doing business but the the big the big run is they make billions and billions more to compensate for that they know they spend more on on advertising and pushing these products than do on research and development. And let me tell you something, when it normally takes how many years, 10 years to get through a a research thing and and they pushed COVID within like a a year, they pushed it to market. Come on. Please tell
1: me there weren't, please tell me there weren't a lot of steps missed along the way. Yes. Intentionally or unintentionally. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on Ask the Pro here with Dr. Ken Kerbs. Uh, If you missed any part of this program, just go to WLVL.com, hit the podcast. Um, it'll be up uh, in the next hour or so, and as always, all of the programs are. Doctor Ken got about thirty seconds for uh, closing thoughts. Oh, just thank you
2: so much, and just as I said, it just becomes as simple as that. People need to open their eyes and start tuning into what's going on in our society, and not just be the sheep that kind of follow the, the shepherd. You know, it's kind of sad when when people can't even have an opinion for themselves. So, thank Indeed. you so much for allowing me to be here.
1: All right, we'll see you next time. Right. Thank you for having a great day.